Section 19 of the South American Republics, Volume 1, by Thomas Claland Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Piotr Nater. Part 3, Uruguay. Chapter 2, Portuguese Aggressions and the Settlement of the Country. In 1680, the governor of Rio de Janeiro sent some ships and a force of soldiers to the plate with orders to occupy a point on the north bank in the name of the King of Portugal. Spain claimed that her dominions extended as far up the coast as the southern border of the present state of Sao Paulo, and Portugal was equally stubborn in insisting that her rightful territory extended west and south as far as the mouth of the Uruguay neither country had made any settlements in the disputed region and portugal had determined to take advantage of the negligence of the spanish government and be the first in the field to establish a post only twenty miles from the capital of the spanish possessions and more than a thousand miles south of the last portuguese town seemed an audacious step but its success would secure for portugal the whole intermediate territory as well as give her a port which would ensure her merchants the command of the trade of the plate valley the portuguese commander landed unopposed on the shore of the estuary directly opposite buenos aires and immediately began to throw up walls dig a ditch and lay out a town called colonia when the news reached buenos aires the indignant governor raised a force of two hundred and sixty spaniards and three thousand indians crossed the river and fell upon the little body of portuguese in the midst of their delving and shoveling the attack was at first repulsed but superior numbers were soon effective the enemy surrendered and the spaniards threw down the walls and destroyed the beginnings of the town the portuguese government protested claiming that the governor's action was a wilful and inexcusable aggression against the forces of a friendly power operating in territory which had never been occupied by spain the madrid government disavowed the act and the portuguese resumed possession of colonia in sixteen eighty three they rebuilt its walls and made the place safe against the attacks of indians at once it became a centre for contraband traffic the spanish laws and colonial policy forbade vessels to land at buenos aires in defiance of the prohibition illegal trade had been carried on but the landing of vessels lying in the buenos aires roads was conducted at great risk officials might order the seizure of the goods and enormous bribes had to be paid to functionaries often the governor was the smuggler's partner but he was a partner who demanded an exorbitant share of the profit in colonia however merchandise could be safely stored and embarked at leisure so the latter place rapidly absorbed the export trade and became an entrepot for imported goods destined for sale in the valley of the plate and in bolivia spain had restored colonia under protest and without prejudice explicitly reiterating her own claim to exclusive proprietorship of the north bank of the plate the diplomatists agreed that the question of right should remain open for determination at some future day but all spanish subjects considered the existence of colonia as a violation of spanish soil and whenever a war broke out in europe between the mother countries the buenos aireans were in the habit of promptly sending an expedition across the river to capture the portuguese town three times was it wrenched from the portuguese and three times was it restored on the conclusion of peace in seventeen o five spain and portugal being engaged in war 
the governor of buenos aires dislodged the portuguese garrison from colonia and the place remained in spanish possession until after the conclusion of the peace of utrecht their eleven years possession at last convinced the spaniards that the settlement of the north bank was feasible by seventeen o eight the charrua raids had so far lost their terrors that the jesuit mission at soriano was safely removed from the island in the uruguay river to the mainland opposite the trade in uruguayan hides and horsehair increased and private expeditions henceforth frequently crossed the estuary it had long been known that the best harbours on the uruguayan coast were at montevideo and maldonado where partially sheltered bays with water deep enough for the vessels of the eighteenth century were overlooked by beautiful and defensible town sites montevideo is a hundred miles east of colonia and maldonado another hundred miles farther on towards the atlantic the advisability of seizing and fortifying one or both of these places was frequently mooted in buenos aires after the restoration of colonia in seventeen sixteen nothing however was done until seventeen twenty three when word came that the portuguese had again anticipated the spanish authorities and had occupied and begun to fortify montevideo for themselves the governor of buenos aires immediately sent an overwhelming force which compelled the portuguese to retire this time neither dilatory diplomacy nor official ineptitude prevented his doing the right thing to save uruguay to the spanish crown and the following year he finished the portuguese walls at montevideo and in seventeen twenty six the ground plan of a town was laid out and a few families were brought from buenos aires and the canary islands within a few years there were a thousand people in the place and it had been surrounded with walls and defended by artillery four years later maldonado was established no serious trouble was experienced with the indians at either place and the spaniards began to spread their ranches over the neighboring southeastern part of uruguay almost simultaneously with this important event the creoles from santa fe province crossed over into the wide plains which lie between the parana and the uruguay and defeated the charrua tribes who had kept the spanish out of that region for one hundred and fifty years soon the gauchos were in possession of entre rios as far as the uruguay the charruas east of the uruguay could not prevent the gauchos from making their way across the river to build their cabins and ride the plains after cattle the settlement of western uruguay began but except colonia and soriano no towns were founded the half-indian gauchos lived a semi-nomadic life and needed and received little help from the authorities in their constant fights against the indians shortly after the foundation of montevideo a portuguese expedition tried to recover the place but it was found to be too strong to attack and the party resolved to establish town further up the coast three hundred miles to the northwest is found the only opening into the great system of lagoons which stretches along the seaward side of rio grande do sul and at that strategic point the portuguese in seventeen thirty five built a fort and town by the middle of the eighteenth century the situation between spain and portugal in the whole region between the plate the uruguay and the sea had become very strained colonia was completely isolated and the spaniards controlled all the rest of uruguay's western and southern waterfront 
the portuguese settlements in the seaward half of rio grande were prospering and multiplying soon to furnish thousands of gauchos as ready as any who rode the argentine pampas to sally forth for war and plunder the territories which the jesuits had held for more than a century on the east bank of the upper uruguay lay directly back of these portuguese settlements and was more easily accessible than from montevideo in seventeen fifty spain agreed to exchange the seven missions for colonia the portuguese promptly took measures to secure the ceded territory attacked the indian villages and massacred or drove off most of the inhabitants the jesuits vigorously protested and outraged spanish public opinion demanded the abrogation of the treaty so a few years later the desolated territory was restored to spanish possession and colonia remained portuguese in seventeen sixty two spain and portugal were again engaged in war and the governor of buenos aires attacked colonia with a force of twenty seven hundred men and thirty two ships the fortifications were strong and the portuguese offered a tenacious resistance after a well-contested siege the place surrendered only to be given back to portugal the ensuing year meanwhile troops had been sent up from montevideo against rio grande and the portuguese settlers driven back to the north-east corner of the state only to rise again when the spanish troops were gone and to begin a guerrilla warfare which never ceased until they had regained their towns the eighteenth century had entered on its last quarter before the spanish home government took any real steps to drive the portuguese out of colonia and to reclaim the disputed territory as far north as sao paulo the atlantic slope of spanish south america was erected into a viceroyalty and in seventeen seventy seven the greatest fleet and army ever sent by spain to america reached buenos aires under command of the new viceroy the portuguese had no forces able to cope with his army and fleet and he carried all before him the island of santa catarina in the north of the disputed territory was captured colonia was taken and an army of four thousand men started on a triumphal march northwestward to sweep the portuguese from the coast the spaniards were at the gates of rio grande when news came that peace had been declared orders from home compelled the viceroy to stop his northward progress while the diplomats agreed on a division the treaty of san ildefonso in the main gave each country the territory its citizens actually occupied the seven missions remained spanish and the portuguese were deprived of the southern half of the great lagoon and of colonia santa catarina was restored and the right of portugal to the vast interior and to the regions of the upper parana and paraguay were confirmed rio grande remained portuguese and uruguay was assured of being thenceforth and forever spanish in blood and speech End of section nineteen